want to thank everybody for being here this morning. Uh, we've got a couple missing that's usually here, but they've had some car trouble. And uh, but we we still it's, it's it's Debbie and David Mullins, and they furnished our uh, meatballs and everything for our spaghetti yesterday. And they didn't even they couldn't make it because of the problems they was having. But uh, I just wanted to recognize them and thank them for being a part, even though they couldn't be there. And uh, they will be back as soon as they get some things taken care of. Uh, you know, these songs that we sung today fit in with what I'm going to do. They didn't know I was going to do this, and I didn't know they was going to do that. But, uh, you know, God's got a way of working. It's just like that song, God on the Mountain. Now, that thing has really got a message to it. You know, and, I just, and it's so true. Some of those lyrics are there. When we're on the mountain, our faith is strong, and we can give praise to God. But when we're down in the valley, where's our faith? And can we still give praise to God? Because he's, he's still the same. That God on the mountain is still God in the valley. And he's watching over his children. So we ought to be able to praise him no matter what we're going through. Because a lot of times when we're going through something, God's got a reason for it. Maybe it's to test that faith. Do you really have the faith that you think you have? You know, sometimes we run into some circumstances in our life that it takes faith to get through them. And then, how great thou art, I'll tell you what, our God is great. And that's a song that just, if it, if it doesn't touch your heart, something's wrong. Something's wrong. If you can't say how great my God is, something's wrong. And uh, so, but anyway, I wanted to thank them for doing those songs. They was really beautiful songs, and they just, it, it fits. And uh, let me ask you a question. Does anybody have a praise this morning? You know, last couple Sundays we've been doing some praises. And Rhonda. See right there, the praise they didn't think they could do it, but God said, "Do it." So, Eddie. Okay, Sue, now we can hear you. 
Anybody else? You know, God's always close. And he said that we will find him when we seek him with all our heart. When we seek God and we come after God, are we doing it with our heart? God says, when you, when you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. So see, God's looking at the heart. He's not looking at the, at the outer man. He's looking at the heart. So just know that when, whenever things start rising, problems start coming, God is close by. And he's just waiting for you to call up on him. Uh, what I want to do this morning, I've entitled this message, Go Back to Your Beginning. Now, y'all going to see where I'm going with this in a minute. Sometimes I'm out and I run into people. And I get out from talking to them and, and I get ideals about sermons. Maybe it's somebody I've known and I know they're not in church anymore. They quit. They quit going. And I talk to them, why have you quit going? They say, well, I just don't feel what I felt when I first started going to church. That's not God's fault. That's our fault. That's our fault. And that's what I got. I said, if you, if you don't feel it now and you felt it when you first came to God, go back to your beginnings. And that's what we're going to look at today. Going back to when we first come to God. Go back when you first asked God to come into your heart. Go back to when God said, I'm here now. God will never, ever let you down. God will always be there for you. Man will let you down. Believe me. Man will disappoint you. Man, I know we've disappointed God no telling how many times. Our actions, our thoughts, the words we've spoken out of our mouths. But you know, God says, come to me. I'll restore you. And I think that's what a lot of us need to do, is come back to where we first began. Come back when you first met God, when he first said, I love you. And I'm going to show you something. I just noticed this today when I was, when I was doing this. But I'm going to show you something here in just a minute, and probably a lot of us have never thought about it. But it's God speaking to us. You know, the Bible tells us, and, and, and we're going to have a many, many tribulations and problems as we go through this life here. The Bible tells us as the end time approaches, and it is approaching, there will be a falling away from the church. There will be. As Christians, we need to avoid that straying from our faith. And stay close in our walk with God. You know, there's many people say, Oh, I would never leave God. I'd never do that. Look around you. Look around you. How many people are not here today that used to be here? Many people, like Peter told Jesus, 
Jesus, they may all leave you, but I'll never leave you. I'll never disappoint. I'll never deny you, Father. You know, he was talking to Jesus. I'll never deny you. Jesus just kind of looked at him and said, Peter, Peter, the devil wants to sift you, but I prayed for you, and I prayed that whenever you are restored, you'll help, you'll help others. See, God, Jesus knew that Peter was going to fail him. He said, Peter, Peter, you will deny me three times before the cock crows. Well, Peter, what? <laughs> never, Lord. Maybe everybody else will, but I'd never do it. Yes. Peter denied God three times. And after that third time, Peter knew what God had said. He said, he heard the cock crow. And he said that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. He knew that he had really messed up. He thought that Jesus had, had just denied him, him to also and that he could never be restored. You know, when Peter arose, Mary came to the tomb and Jesus, she met him. She, thought, she didn't know who he was. She thought he was a gardener or somebody. And he told her, he said, go back to my disciples and tell them. And tell Peter also to meet me in Galilee. See, he, he specifically asked, said, tell Peter to come back to me. He had a great plan for Peter. We, there's so many in here, we don't realize the great plans that God has got for your life. He does. He's got some great plans for your life. But, you know, we're talking about we need to stay close to God. We've been, all, we've been warned that there will be a falling away. So we ought to be preparing ourselves for it that the devil, Satan, is going to hit us with everything he can to try to make you deny God, to try to make you fall away, to quit trusting in God, that you shouldn't even have faith in God. Listen to what it says here in 1 Timothy. <clears throat> 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit speaks expressively that in the latter times or the last days some shall depart from the faith. Not everybody's going to, but some and many shall depart from the faith. Well, why are they going to depart? What's the problem? Timothy tells us. They're, they're, they're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. They're listening to the demons. They're listening to the things from the devil. And he is, you know, it says that, that, that Satan is the father of all lies. Satan cannot speak. He cannot talk without lying. Everything that he tells you is a lie. You can count on it. So when you start hearing those little voices, you know, what? that's not God's word. God didn't say that. Get away from that person. You don't need to be around them because they're going to try to turn you from God. And they, they're leaving this world. They're, going, they're leaving the faith going back into the world where they came out of. If they would have been happy, if they'd been satisfied in the world, they wouldn't have left it. If we try to go back in, I, I, I thought about that. What if I tried to go back into the world with what I feel for God and what I know about God 
There ain't no way I could ever be happy or satisfied back in the world. Not after what I've experienced through God. No way can I go back into that world. I'm going to walk with God. And I'm going to serve God. So with many people, when they depart from the faith, they go back into the world, go back to the things they used to. You know, when I first come out of the world, I was first saved. I had to get rid of some friends. Friends that were turning me the wrong way. They want me to do things that I used to do. And I said, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not that person I used to be. I'm changed. God changed me. And there's a scripture. For any man who is in Christ, he has become a new creation. All the old things in the world have passed away. Behold, now everything is new because of Christ Jesus. You're not that person you used to be. You're that new person that God turned you into. You're not who you used to be. You're not who you used to be. And when, when God changes us, it's time for us to try to help and change others. I don't know if I've helped anybody or not. I hope I have. I'm still working on it. I'm still wanting to. I'm still trying. And I pray to God constantly, God, whatever I do, let it be from you. This morning I sat in my office. And I shut the door. And I just had my time that, this morning with God. I had tears running down my face. Because I could feel the presence of God. I knew he's here. Whether you feel him or not, God is in this place today. He's here. This is his church. It's not my church. It's not the elders' church. It's God's church. He told us, I will build my church. And that's what he's doing. He's building his churches. It's not this building. He's talking about you. You are the church. I'm going to change people's lives. I'm going to turn them from the devil. I'm going to turn them from the things of the world. And I'm going to turn them to me. And I will give them eternal life. And one day, they shall be in heaven with me for all eternity. See, that's God's promise to us because he loves us so much. That's his promise to us. But then I want to show you something else right here. It's in the book of Revelations. Revelations chapter 2. Verse 4 through 5. This is Jesus speaking to the church of Ephesus. Now he was pretty damn disappointed in this church. But he's telling them something. Something that we all need to hear. Listen to what Jesus is telling one of the seven churches. The church is Ephesus. Jesus, he starts out, he says, First of all, when he starts out, he tells them he loves them. But then he says, Nevertheless, I have something against you. He said, there's some things that we need to talk about. There's some things we need to settle. 
And he says, nevertheless, I have something against you because you have left your first love. What would you think that means? Well, he's not talking about your love for him. He's talking about his love for you. You have left your first love. I was the first one to love you with all my heart. I was the first one to love you. And now you've walked away from me. And then here in verse 5 it says, Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Remember how you used to be. Remember how much you love me. Remember how you used to be at church. Remember all the things you used to do. But you've fallen from there. And he says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, and repent. Repent means to turn around, go in a different direction. And do the first works. Do what you used to do. Do what you used to when you first came to me. Or else, or else, I will come unto you quickly and I will remove your candlestick. Okay, candlestick is another word for church. In Revelation, candlestick means church. I will remove the church. He will remove you out of the church. You, well, see, he is the church. I will remove the church. I will remove you. I will remove you out of this place except you repent. He said, now if you repent and come to me with your whole heart, I will forgive it. I'll restore you. I'll put you back where you was. I'll put you back in, my, in all my love. I'll put you back where I can service and do things for you. See, God didn't want any of us to walk away. He didn't want any of us to depart from Him. He wants us to stay with Him and to walk with Him. Let me ask a question. Was there ever a time in your life when you felt like you were spiritually stronger than you are right now? Was there ever a time when you felt closer to God than you do right now? Was there a time then? What happened? What happened? If there was a time that you was closer to God or if you felt like you were more spiritual than you are right now, then you need to turn and go back to that place where you were. Remember what you did. Remember how God touched you. Remember how God walked with you. Remember how God helped you in, your, in his arms whenever you was hurting and whenever you was going through things. He's still the same God. He hadn't changed. Who's changed? We have changed. We have. Think back about what you did when you first started. Think about what you first did when you started out in your Christian walk. Remember the hunger that was in your heart to know more and more about God? To have a closer walk with God? I think we all did. When we first started out, it was, God, I want to be closer to you. God, I need more of you. How many of us say that now? And probably, you probably read your Bible every day. 
when you first started out, you was curious. What is God's Word saying? What is God's tale telling me? You would open that Bible and you would read it. And you probably had a prayer life. You'd pray. You would talk to God. In other words, you spent time with God. How many of us are spending that time now? Everything is getting so hectic and so busy. Satan is robbing us of our time with God. He's putting too much into our lives. Too many things to do. And let me ask you a question. Are those things you're doing more important than God? Because you're neglecting God now. You're neglecting God. Well, you used to. God, you're, you're first in my life. God, I want to serve you. God, God, I love you. How many of you spend time with God now? Like we did when we first started out walking with him. And something else. It's likely that you were a regular at church. When I say regular at church, I can remember when I first started, every time those church doors opened, I was there. I don't care what it was. I don't care if it was just a prayer meeting. I don't care if we were just having a get-together for some little something. When those doors opened, that was like God saying, okay, I'm giving you an invitation to come into my house, to come in and visit with me, to come in and pray, to come in and celebrate. A lot of things we do is celebration. The kids last night, that was a celebration. Oh, sure, we was trying to help them, but it was a celebration. We're celebrating God and what God's doing in these kids' life. I'll be honest with you, I was a little disappointed in the attendance. But you know, we still had a very good attendance. They made some money, and they're going to be able to do some things. Maybe go to the park like they did once before over here. And go out and ride the, 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 the rides and do different things. And I hope they know that it was God that made that possible for them. Through their faith. In Him, serving Him. You know, they were serving God, not just us, but they were serving God when they were, when they were feeding us and taking care of us over there. Jesus said, I come to serve. He was a servant. We all should be servants of Jesus. But it's likely, like I said, when we first started out, every time that church door opened for anything, we were there. We wanted you, we didn't want to miss it. We didn't, God, what have you, you know, I remember one time we had a, something was going on, and I kept thinking, boy, I know God's got something planned. I, I was so excited, and boy, it was, it was almost like a little bit of a revival. It started happening. People started coming down for prayer. People were just, they were getting involved with God. They were coming down, putting their faith and their trust in God. Believing that God was going to... Many people come down with ailments and different things wrong. And they were believing God for a healing. And some of them were. It was an exciting time. And I'm, I'm, I keep saying, I'm so glad that I went. I'm so glad that I did not miss that. 
We don't know what we're missing when we don't walk through God's doors. God can have one of the most exciting times of your life. Maybe you're needing a healing. Maybe you're needing something. Maybe you're going through something. God said, you show up here and I'll take care of that. I'll just show you who I am. Sometimes we have to put all faith in our trust. Still God on that mountain? Even though sometimes he's down in the valley with us. Notice I said he's with us in the valley. When we get in those valleys, God hadn't left us. He's still with us. And, uh, you know, sometimes we get a little bit of a setback in our in our walk. Things happen. Satan is very relentless about coming against us. And and we get kind of sometimes we get a little sit back. We get kind of discouraged from time to time. And we wonder, what's gone wrong in my life? What's happening? Well, it's not really that big of a mystery. We have gotten away from the basic things of God. The things that when we first come to God, it excited us. You know, you couldn't wait to get back to church. You couldn't wait to see what God was going to do next. And that's where we all ought to be. God, I want to go see what you're going to do because I know you've got some, something to do and I know you're going to do it. I want to be there when you do it because I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. We just simply need to get back to the things we used to do when we first started walking with God. What do you mean? What? Be a regular church attendance. Read and study your Bible. Share your faith with others. Be active in the church or be part of the church. When the church has got something going, join in. Be a part of it and help. You can get such a blessing for helping God do something. Now, he don't really need our help, but he knows that if, if when we step up to do something, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. And I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot out-bless God. You can't do it. You can't do it. I was listening to uh, Robert Morris, and he said something that it really it didn't dawn on me. But he was praying about tithing. But he wasn't really talking about tithing. This, is, this ties in over in Malachi. When he says, when you don't give to me, you're robbing me. First thing you think, we're robbing God of not tithing. That's not what, God, that's not what he was talking about. And I never saw this. I mean, I have, I guess, in a way. But God said, you are robbing. He, we are robbing him from the blessings that he wants to give us. We're robbing God from the blessings that he wants to give us when we don't serve him and tithe to him and give to him. Like I said, you can't outgive God. I don't care if you give him a dollar. He'll probably give you $10,000. He said, but when you don't respond, then you're robbing me. You're robbing me of giving you the blessings that I want to give you. Think about that. I'm not asking for your money. I'm just telling you that's what, that's what this pastor was saying. That when we 
don't give to God and we're not honoring God, then we're robbing God of the blessings that he wants to give us. Think about it. God is a God of blessings, a God, a giving God, a loving God. And, uh, <coughs> you know, I want to read something here. And, and this is out of the book of Revelations 2. This is about another one of the church, the church at Sardis. Uh, talking about needing to get back to God. Revelations chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis. They say that the angel could either be the pastor or, it, or the church could actually have one of God's angels watching over it. They're not sure which it is. I, my wife says I'm not an angel, so. But anyway, he said, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis, he's telling John, Write this down. Write it. Put it in your book. You know, John wrote the book of Revelation. John was the only disciple that didn't die a horrible, horrible death. That lived out to be an old age. Why? Because God already had a plan for, for John to write the book of Revelations. The very last book of the Bible. And Revelations is a book of what is coming, what is going to happen. So get ready. And here it says, These things says he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name and that you live, but you are spiritually dead. Now this is Jesus talking, telling John to write this down. He said, oh, you're alive, but you're spiritually dead. You're not where you used to be with me. You're not, you, you're not that same church that started out. You've changed. You've become spiritually dead. You're not serving me like my word says. You're not doing what my word says. And then here in verse 2, he says, Be watchful. Or he's saying, Wake up, church. Wake up. And strengthen the things which remain. Those things you still have of me in you. Strengthen them. Get stronger in them. Because they are about ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. You know, how would you like to have God say that to you? Actually, He is. When we read his word out of his Bible, he is talking to us. He's talking to us. And then verse 3, it says, and I think this is, this is where I was going. It says, Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Remember how you first came to me and heard my word. He said, Hold fast to that word and repent. Repent. If therefore you shall not watch, or you shall not wake up, and you shall remain like you are, I will come on you a thief, and you shall not know what hour I will come. See, God's telling us, wake up. Get back close to me. 
Give me back in your life like I used to be. Or else I'll come. And I'll take you out of that church. I'll remove that church. See, God is just telling us how it is. God wants us to understand. He don't want us to have to wonder what he's saying. So what we've looked at here is a picture of the church that needs to come back to life. To get back with God and to feel his spirit moving in our lives. How many of you feel the spirit of God moving in you? We all should. We should be alive with that spirit moving in us. We should feel that spirit moving. And we should know, God, God, you're saying something. God, I'm accepting what you're saying and what you're doing. We ought to feel the Spirit of God moving on the inside of us. Yes. truth. Amen. Thank you, Walter. That is so true. When God gets ready to move, you don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what God's going to do. But He can touch you in a way that you know without a doubt it was God. Just that little touch. Something about that touch. The way it felt. How it felt. You knew that was not man. I've never felt like that when a man touched me. But I tell you what, when God touches you, everything in your life can change immediately. Immediately. Like I said, we see a picture of the church that needs to come back to life. That's what God's telling us. I want my church alive. I want my church alive. He says, wake up and get back to the roots that you started out with. Every one of us has got roots where we started. Every one of us. You know, and to get back to God, this should be what we all want to do. Get back closer to God and feel His Spirit moving in our life. He wants that too. God wants to do so much in our lives, but we have to let Him do it. 
Quit blocking him. Quit not doing something when he tells you to do it. Be obedient to the voice and the word of God. And you know, we should want to do the things of God, get back closer to God, and feel His Spirit moving in our life. But you know, it starts with each individual person. We don't start as a group. One person God's going to touch. And that one person's going to touch somebody else. And then that person's going to... In a minute, you've got a revival going. Because God has showed up. God has showed up. I mean, if we wanted to see a revival, if you want to see a revival in your life, then you need to do things. You need to do revival-like things. It doesn't matter. And people, well, I really don't feel like doing this today. Or, I, you know, I woke up some mornings. So, you know, I really don't feel like going to church today. But I knew I had to because I don't have to be up here. And but you know, there's been those times where you just didn't feel like you, you know, like, like 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 doing it. But you know, it doesn't make any difference whether you feel like it or not. But when you start. God will do something, your emotions will rise up in you, and you'll just keep going. You can ask David. I've been up here sometimes, and the notes and stuff I give him up there to put on this board, they were useless. They were useless. Because God changed everything. He said, I know you was planning on doing this, Bill, but you know, I got something else in mind. I always say, go for it, God. Go for it. And two, a lot of people think they have to wait for some big, exciting moment in their life before they can have an encounter with God. Some big emotional experience. But you know, that will come when you get to the point God wants you at. When you get to that point, that God wants you to be at, that's when those fuzzy feelings, that's when those chills, that's when those goosebumps, that's when that you don't you don't know what's going on comes. I've been there. I've been there. I love it. When God steps in, it's just kind of like, okay, Bill, I'm gonna take over. Great, God, you go right ahead. Because I know when he does it, it's going to be right. Everything's going to be perfect when he does it. Sometimes he wants to say something to somebody. Instead of me having to come up here and say, Hey, Dale! God doesn't have to do that. Because what he's got for Dale, Dale's going to feel it immediately, automatically, and God's not going to even have to call out his name. That's with all of us. When God's got a plan for you, you're going to know it. The thing is, are we going to follow that plan? Are we going to be faithful to God? You know, for us to have a personal revival with God, we need to get back to the basics of our walk with God. You hear it. We need a revival. We need a revival. Well, when are you going to start? Oh, not me. Uh, well, maybe somebody else can do it. Well, you're the one hollering we need a revival. 
Oh, we all need a revival. All of us. We need, what is a revival? It pretty well says it in its name. It's to revive us. To revive us. To get back closer to God. Get back where we used to be at one time. And we've slipped. We've kind of got away from the things that need to take place. We just need to listen to God. We need to get back to when we first started. When we first started our walk with God. You know, we can talk about a spiritual awakening. We can talk about a revival. But it starts with each one of us. And the thing about it is, you have to start. You have to start. You can't just talk about it. You've got to start. You've got to do it. I'm fixing to close. Uh, if the band wants to come up, but I want—I got three scriptures here that I'm going to close with, and I want to show you something in these three scriptures. I'm going to show you uh, scriptures there when God is uh, unhappy with us, and I'm going to show you again where God is happy with us. This scripture here showing where God's not happy with us. He's kind of displeased because of the way we are. But there's also a scripture in here where God says, I'm so pleased with you. Which, which church are we? Is God unhappy with us? Or is he pleased? First scripture. It's out of the book of Revelations. Revelation chapter 3. We're still in the churches. Verse 15 through 16. Again, Jesus says, I know your works. I'm watching you. I'm seeing what you're doing. I know what you're doing. That you are neither cold or you are neither hot. I would or I wish or I would like for you to be one or the other. But you're neither. You're neither hot or you're neither cold. And I will spew you from my mouth. I don't know if you've got any coffee drinkers in here. How do you like to pick up a cup of coffee and it just barely lukewarm and take a sip of it? Chances are you're going to spew it out of your mouth. Oh, that's terrible. See, that's kind of what God is saying. You're just lukewarm. You're not hot for me. You're not bubbling over for me. You're just lukewarm. And I'm going to spew you out of my mouth because I don't like it. He said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I made me a little note here. He said, Jesus is saying to the church of Laodicea. That's who he was talking to. I have no taste for what you are doing. You are drifting away from me. Return to where you used to be and repent. He was talking to them. He was, he was getting fed up with them. He was getting fed up. Now the church that God was pleased with, the church of Philadelphia, he was pleased with that church. That church was serving God. That church was working for God. Listen to what he says right here. Because you have kept the word of my patience, 
I will also keep you from the hour of temptation or from the from my wrath or or from the tribulation that we're going to go through. I'll keep you from it. Because you're so pleasing to me. You're, you're, you're doing what I've asked you to do. He said, and I will keep you from the temptation which shall come upon all the world to punish them that dwell upon the earth. That's what the tribulation is. That's going to be God's punishment for everybody that never believed in him, did not believe in his son, did not serve him, that doubted him, that cursed him, that, that blasphemed him. They will be judged. And that will come right at the very end. It's called the great white throne judgment. That will be the last judgment of all time. There will never be another judgment. This is it. And those that are standing before him, that blasphemed him, his son, and all the things of God, he's just going to look at them and point and say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. And they're cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. I don't want to hear that. I'll tell you what we all need to hear. When we stand before God, and he looks at us, and he'll smile, and he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. If you're here today, you feel like you need a closer walk with God. Maybe a do-over, a start-over. We've got altars right up here. You can come up here. You can come before God. God's listening to you. I know, he's I know he's speaking to somebody. I can feel it. I know he's speaking. But whether you obey or not, that's up to you. But God knows. He's saying, I'm giving you the opportunity to come before me to repent and to start over. Maybe you're just not right where you want to be with God. Today you can be. You can start over. You can start a brand new walk with God. He'll put his arms around you. And that's he'll get. He'll say, you are a brand new person today. You're not who you used to be. You're that new man that I have created. I forgive you for what has happened in your life. Walk with me. I will bless you and I will honor you. That's what God wants to do with us. Bless us and honor us. So if you happen to be here today and you'd just like to have a start over with God, to ask Him to restart your engine. Make it run smoother. Get rid of those clicks and clanks and knocks. God says, I'll do it. I'm here. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you just need, if you would just like to have prayer, I'm going to be down front. And I'll be glad to anoint you with oil, pray over you, pray with you, agree with what you need. Or if you just need to just to ask God to be stronger in your life, I'll pray with you. Or you can just come down here to the altars and have your little time with God himself. He'll hear you. So I'm going to ask the band to play. And if there's something you need, today is your day. God bless each and every one of you.